Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The 2023 NFL schedule is out. The 2023 Tennessee Titans are rookies are in, and people had a lot of positive things to say about second-round pick Will Levis, while third-round pick Ty J. Spears had virtually nothing to say about his medical history. And predictably, no one is ready to say what position first-round choice Peter Skaronsky will play this fall. Welcome to this episode of Believe in Titans with John Glennon of the Nashville Post, former Titans cornerback Denard Walker, and myself, David Beauclair, who has covered this team for a handful of media outlets ever since it arrived from Houston back in 1997. This week, we will attempt to dive into all of those issues, but first, a quick check of some other lesser developments since our last episode. Um, General Manager Rand Carthen has his uh, has his new confidant, if you will, I guess. His uh, uh, Anthony Robinson has been named officially named assistant general manager and, and will oversee the college and pro scouting departments. He spent the last four years as the uh, director of college scouting for Atlanta. Uh, all three day three draft selections, Josh Wiley, Jalen Duncan, and Colton Dowell have been signed to contract. So, uh, business side of the rookie class getting underway and uh six players who took part in the rookie camp on uh on a tryout basis have been added to the active roster most notably wide receiver Karis Jackson out of Georgia and uh half of those six three of them are cornerbacks interestingly enough and uh and finally the Titans are adding uh Az- Aziri Azil what's his what uh Azil Mack and yes, that's it. Arise, yeah, thank you. Mac of uh, a tight end fresh off the XFL season. He was a uh, he was a 7th round pick by the Saints in 2019 has been with uh, has been with five other NFL teams but has never played in a regular season game to this point. So uh with that I believe the roster will be at 90 which is the off-season limit and uh and the Titans will proceed with the uh, with with this group for the uh, for the next few weeks or maybe days depending on how quickly things move but before we get into the rookie class let's let's go back to last year's first round draft pick uh Traylon Burks who who made headlines this week when he met the media and and, and mentioned that he has stayed in Nashville trained in Nashville for the offseason he felt it would uh it would help him better acclimate to the the climate and particularly the heat and and help him avoid the uh the asthmatic issues that that so hampered him 
last year during the off season. Uh, Denard Walker, is that a good move? Is that uh, is that a nothing move? What I mean, you figure his conditioning after a year in the NFL was going to be better anyway, right? Well, I think he got tired of us talking about him last (laughs) (laughs) week. He was the uh, topic of discussion, but I think it's a great move because what you're showing this organization is you're ready to take it to the next level. And I love what Traylon said, uh, reading a couple of articles that he's in a good place and he can breathe. So if you look at the way that he, one of the things that I love about Traylon is I tell you what, David, if you watch the Green Bay game and the Philly game, one of the things you love about him is you can see the explosiveness. You can see everything that they drafted last year. When you go back, he was the only bright spot in the Philly game. And I hate that he had one reception for 25 yards. It was a great one. That was a great, that was a beautiful (laughs) strike uh, from Ryan uh, to Traylon. But Traylon is going to go into this season as the number one receiver for the Tennessee Titans. So that's a heavy load for a second-year player. I mean, when you look at it, Nick Westbrook, Akine, he's your most consistent, but he's only in his fourth year. Kyle Phillips, second. Racy, third. And now we know Colton. He's a rookie. Chris Moore is a vet, 29 years old. He's been around Baltimore Houston. So there's a lot on Traylon's plate, and I'm glad that uh, he's been around the facility this offseason. Yeah, he's an interesting guy in that uh, even last year when things weren't going well, you, you, you get the sense that Traylon Burks understands the responsibility that comes with being a number one draft pick. You know, like Mike Rabel will say it over and over again, your, your draft pick is just how you get into the NFL. You know, it's it's what you do once you're in the – once you get in the door that matters. But But, you know, the reality is – expectations are different on a guy like that. And, and he seems to understand it and, and takes it very seriously. And, and, and I think this is a, you know, I think this is another indication of that, that, that he understands he, he can't just say, well, I've, I've got my training program. I'm, you know, I'm going to do what I've always done and, and I'll, I'm going to show up again this year and hope things go better. He, he's trying to do something different. The funny thing is this spring has not been nearly as hot in Nashville as it, as it was last year. So I don't know that he's probably gotten as much of the benefits of that, that, uh, that he would hope. But of course, no Nashville is notoriously uh, hard on people from an allergy standpoint and, and, and the air quality standpoint. So if there is some acclimation to be done there, he, he probably has gained some, uh, some benefit. John, John, what did, what did you take from, from how he, how he comported himself and, uh, and, and the message he sent this week when he met the media? Yeah, I, I was impressed. Uh, to me, uh, you know, being in there at that media session, there, there's maybe no better sight if you're a Titans fan than for him to come to the podium this first time this offseason and he's dripping sweat, fresh off the field. Uh, and, and you mentioned that you're, you're right in saying that in general, this spring hasn't been as hot. But this week, you know, the temperatures we have seen, you know, 90 degrees or close to 90 degrees and some humidity this week. And uh, it was pretty clear that, that he had been getting after it, um, you know, in, in, a, uh, in a recent Titans workout. And I think, you know, it, it would have been easy for Traylon Burks to be one of those guys who, you know, who tailed off after after so many issues last year, you know. Part of them certainly were, were his own uh, fault, really. You know, the, the lack of conditioning coming into the offseason was a lot of it was his fault, but some of it was not. You know, the, the asthma was it was not his fault. Uh, you know, the injuries he had the uh, the turf toe, he had the concussion. Nothing you could do about that. But it was a difficult 
rookie season. And then you could see him kind of going down the wrong path and saying, this just isn't happening. I'm going to do my, my thing. I'm steering clear of you guys, but he really does seem committed. As he talked about, he's been there that whole off season. And not only does that allow him to do all that conditioning work in Nashville, but it gives him more familiarity with the offensive coordinator. Who's new, obviously Tim Kelly, uh, the passing game uh, coordinator, Charles Woodson is new. Uh, and the offensive scheme under Tim Kelly, obviously, is is new as well. So, uh, you know, Traylon Burks is right there. He's learning this entire time from those new coaches. Uh, he, he's getting a jump on the on the conditioning, you know. And, and it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult for Traylon Burks because as we as good as uh, we saw him play at times last season, boy, is he going to attract a lot of attention this year, uh, given that the wide receiver room is a little thin, to say the least, right now. So he better be in good shape. He better know the offense well because he's going to be blanketed, I, I think, for a good part of this season. But we can all agree, yes, that if if the Titans' offense is going to be successful this year to any degree, Traylon Burks has to be their leading receiver at the end of the year. I mean, he Absolutely. has to have the best stats, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I, I would say so. You know, I mean, certainly from a tight end standpoint, they should expect a lot from Chig, uh, you know, and, and possibly, you know, a, a good bit from, from Josh Wiley uh, as well. But, yeah, from a wide receiver standpoint, he's got to be the man. He's got to make a, a significant jump for them to have any kind of a significant step in the right direction from last year when they couldn't even average 175 yards a game in the, in the passing department. Denard, you, did you have something to add there? Well, well, you got to look at the fact that who else do you have? I mean, yeah. other than, I mean, you got Traylon. We know that Nick, he's very consistent, but he's not that type of player that every week he's going to give you those big numbers. I mean, yeah, he showed out in the Denver game. He's consistent when his number is called. But outside of that, I mean, Kyle Phillips, he was hurt last year. Racy McMath, of course, he's been injured uh, since he's been in the league for the last few years. Colton Dowell is a rookie, so you don't know what you're going to get out of a rookie. And Chris Moore, he's a savvy vet. So, I mean, this is the room right now that can be the difference between this team going forward or taking another step backwards. This year's number one pick, Peter Skaronsky, you know, coming coming going into the draft, coming out of the draft, there was there was talk, is this guy a tackle? Is he a guard? You know, is he going to be one early in his career, another later in his career? whatever uh i don't think it's a surprise to anyone that during the rookie camp he worked at both positions and uh um uh, you know had his had his moments where he looked every bit like a first round draft pick uh you know john are you are you good with that or would you rather see them right away say peter this is your position dive into it get you know learn every single thing you can about this position and uh and we'll worry about other spots later I am of the the latter opinion. You know, I mean, this is a guy in in college, the guy at Northwestern, he played 2364 snaps at left tackle. He played zero at at left guard. He was an All-American left tackle. Uh, you know, the the Titans drafted him number 11 in overall, which signifies you're a foundational piece of this offense, which to me says tackle, not guard. So, I you know, I'm of the opinion Put him at tackle, let him learn tackle, and let him, you know, he's the guy to lose that spot, in my opinion. 
um, you know, I, I and I don't want to throw shade on him by saying that he's not smart enough to, uh, you know, learn a couple positions because I'm sure he is. Um, but on the other hand, why why complicate matters uh, just a bit? Why not say until proven otherwise, Peter Skaronsky, you do just what you did in college, which was kick butt uh, at left tackle. You've got Andre Dillard, who's got a little bit of experience at left guard and some other guys with experience at left guard. Start them there. You know, so, you know, for, for most of the offseason anyway, until you see until you see otherwise, I say Peter Skaronsky, even with your short arms, and I know uh, I know Denard Easy. likes to, to talk about <laughs> there's the rider in you. There is the rider in you. <laughs> but but even even with all that, I say, you know, stick him in there at left tackle and and uh, and go get after it. Do what you did in college. Denard, you know, you played cornerback and people think cornerback, but left cornerback is different from right cornerback is different from slot cornerback. When when you started, you know, what was what was the approach that the the Titans took with you? Did they uh, did they plug you into one spot and and what do you think they should be doing with Skaronsky right now? No, no, when I played for Tennessee, we played both sides, so depending on we played matchups. So depending on the matchup, you had to go right or left. And the only difference is, is your footwork and your hand placement. And so with this match, uh, David, I, it was interesting. I kept thinking to myself, and John, by the way, you got it wrong. He wasn't an All-American. He was unanimous All-American. That's disrespect. He's the first unanimous All-American at Northwestern. There's people in Chicago, John, that beat you up for that. But I can't right. No free thinking. pizzas for me. I don't repeat like. that. So, and, and David, you in the short arms, I'm going to ignore that, you and John. But <laughs> you know what? It was interesting, John. I kept, I kept thinking about this, this move. And you take a player of his potential at number 11 and you move him to guard. And I kept thinking, who in the world does that? Well, it happened in 1983. David, I, I'm going to give you a, a little trivia question. The, I know who it is. I know, oh, you know, I know you know who it is. I should, <laughs> but you know who I'm talking about. Ninth overall, who did they end up picking? Bruce Matthews. Bruce, Bruce Matthews. Matthews. Now, when Bruce Matthews came out of USC, he played every position on the offensive line. When he got to Tennessee, the, he, wasn't, he wasn't a guard. He wasn't a – he played all the positions. Look at this. What was interesting about Bruce Matthews, he had 99 starts at guard on the left side, 67 starts at right tackle. 87 starts at center, 22 games at right tackle, 17 games at left tackle. Do you envision Peter Skaronsky going down, going down the same route as Bruce Matthews? Well, I, I mean, no. Having having watched Bruce Matthews play, I mean, to say anybody is Bruce Matthews is uh, it, it would would be absurd in a lot of ways. Uh, but uh, but you know, I I, I think I think with with Skaronsky in the rookie camp play, you know, and I, I, let's be fair. Like I'll reiterate, I'm, I'm kind of with John. I want you, I want these guys to know what their positions are, but in the rookie camp, I'm okay with him bouncing around and, and getting a, getting a little taste of whatever. But, but I think by the time you get to the June mini camp, which is sort of the end of the official off season training program, you need to know who your starting five are and at what positions, just because there's there's so much change to this offensive line, and it's an offensive line that did not perform well last year. And I think I think the the uncertainty with Skaronsky probably says as much about the uncertainty with Andre Dillard as it does anything. I, I think it I, I think they probably feel comfortable with Skaronsky 
saying he's either one of these things. I don't I don't think it's a sense where they were looking at him and trying to say, okay, let's see where he is better, what he can do, you know, what what this rookie camp will tell us. Because let's face it, the first round draft pick at the rookie camp, regardless of what position you play, you better you better be a dominant player out there. I, I think this was more a case of you you get a feel for both of these and once we get a better sense of what Andre Dillard can do, then we're gonna see where we place you. David, can let me let me just piggyback on A lot of this is a lot of the play. What's going to happen is going to come down to two players on that offensive line. That's Andre Dillard and Dylan Ratings. Now, when you look at Andre Dillard, they signed him to a three year, $29 million deal. There's no way that he could come in Nashville and just absolutely just stink it up. He would be out of here. There's not, they're not going to pay a player that type of money. And he, and he's, he, they're expecting him to be a starter. But when you look at Dylan Ratings, we, what we got to think about this is that you're looking at your what second round pick just a few years ago. They got him listed as the second uh, behind Speedy Skaronski at the left guard position. So if you see like a, a, a process where we can see Dylan Ratings step up and play big at that guard position, and let's say Andre Dillard struggles, then you can see Peter Skaronski go back to that left tackle position. That might be his natural position, but I mean, those it's so many scenarios right there because you just paid Andre Dillard $29 million. So he has to show you something or they're going to release him. And, and let's, let's say this too. Peter Skaronsky reached out to Taylor Lewan, asked him if it was okay if he wears number 77. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To me, that that's a clear indication that you know, it, it, it's not just about the uniform number. It's I want to come in and fill your spot. I I think Peter Skaronsky is absolutely thinking that he's a left tackle and uh, and they're going to have to tell him otherwise. You, you agree with that, John? Yeah, like, like I'll go back to that, that same number again. 2,364 <laughs> snaps at left tackle, zero at left guard. So while you can look at him and say he may be a great guard, he is still learning – a different position, different techniques, different hand movement, uh, you know, um, not as much space, that that kind of thing. So I I, I definitely think Peter Skaronsky, uh, you know, and, and he talks about it a little bit. He said, you know, when he heard a lot of analysts say, you know, in the lead up to the draft that maybe he's more of a guard than a tackle, he said it did bother him at first. You know, he got got over it, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I, I think – uh, any way you look at it, whether it's from Skaronsky's side or or the Titans, you know when when he's the number eleven pick in the draft, that's a foundational piece, uh, and and you start him off at a, at the more important position in in my opinion, and that more important position is left tackle, and if he doesn't cut it at left tackle, then you move him into into guard. But uh, to me, let, let's let's get him going at the uh, at that most important position. I remember talking to the great Floyd Reese ahead of the 2005 draft uh, when the Titans picked Pac-Man Jones in, in the first round. And, and Jones was one of three cornerbacks who were very highly thought of that year. Another one was Antrell Roll, who ultimately went eighth overall to Arizona. And, and I remember 
Floyd saying, you know, asking him about role. And he said, well, he said he's a good player, but he might be a cornerback. He might be a safety. And if you're picking somebody that high in the draft, you better know exactly what you're getting. And I feel like, you know, the number 11 overall pick is is right in that same range where you don't pick a guy who's a maybe. You pick a guy because, you know, and certainly even if even if he does play left guard this year, say, I, I don't think there's any doubt he will ultimately be the left tackle of the future at, at some point. But again, a, a lot of it might come down to what uh, what Andre Dillard is capable of. Uh, Will Levis, uh, the quarterback, quarterbacks are always going to be, uh, always going to be scrutinized, talked about, watched, whatever. Uh, fact of the matter though is Denard in in rookie camp, he's basically throwing seven on seven the whole time. He better look good, right? I mean, if if a quarterback doesn't look good in, in seven on seven, you've got a problem, don't you think? It's seven on seven. You're throwing on air. You don't have the pressure in you. It's not like you got Jeffrey Simmons coming after you. This is not, I mean, you're in shorts. You're in basically T-shirts and shorts. So, no. They're you're not looking, you're not looking contact, over the exactly. offensive line or around. I mean, yeah, you're, I mean, <laughs> it, it's all right there for you. So, so what, what, what should, what, what would the coaches have been looking for from Will Levis at this rookie camp then? What did he need to show this weekend? Just pick up the playbook right now. They're just giving him little bits and pieces right now. Only thing you want to see from your rookie class is you want to see growth. And they're just giving him bits and pieces. That's what they give you when you're a rookie. My rookie year, we had two coverages. By training camp, we had about 50. So there's <laughs> going to be a lot thrown at you between now and training camp. John, you, you got to you got to watch one of the, the workouts out there. What did uh, what what stuck out to you about Will Levis? You know, I, I think what stuck out to me was the, the the lack of mistakes that we saw. You know, I think if we look back maybe uh, last year at the rookie minicamp and maybe some other times that, that we saw Malik Willis, there were some issues, you know, not a ton. There's some issues in terms of, you know, alignment, occasionally missed snaps, that kind of thing. There was one, uh, actually, I believe the first snap of the of the day that we saw Will Levis uh, dropped it. So that was that was an issue. But for the most part, you know, he, he showed uh, the arm. He, he showed, uh, you know, a good idea of, of getting any, everybody where they should be at the at the line of scrimmage. But, you know, it bothered me. Uh, you know, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But, um, you know, what was shown on, on kind of the, the Titan social media, of course, um, and what was made a lot of uh, by, by the media, too, you know, his, his final throw of the, of the day, he made a nice throw downfield. Uh, Josh Wiley went up and, and caught it. And then also the, the one in the, the previous day, he made a nice sideline throw that, that was caught. Uh, and immediately on the basis of maybe those couple of throws, it, it seemed like all those people who were saying, what the heck were the Titans doing taking Will Levis? Half those people were, when's Will Levis starting? You know, let, let's let's get him in the start. Let's get that Ryan Tannehill out of there. Let's get Will Levis. I'm like, easy people. Again, yeah, this is this is seven on seven. This is non-contact. So to me, it was it was almost refreshing. You know how Mike Vrabel is always with with the rookies. He's always kind of squashing them and putting a thumb on on you know people who talking them up and so forth. And he did it again with with Will Levis uh, over the weekend. You know, people were saying, "Hey, what about that throw to Josh Wiley to to end the uh, the practice?" And and Vrabel's like, 
yeah, you know, it was, it was a nice completion, but I don't think that could happen in a game when you're getting to the NFL level. You're basically thrown into a team meeting, so we'll have to talk about that. And then also, uh, when when uh, Levis had talked about how quickly he was transitioning to the Titans' offense because of what he's familiar with, with at Kentucky, Brable said, yeah, but what he's really going to have an issue with is is when he sees different defenses, you know, and everything that gets thrown on him there. So to me, that was almost refreshing uh, this time around because I knew as soon as there were a couple of highlight throws, you know, out there on video, everybody was going to be, you know, drumming on the on the Will Levis. When is he going to be the starter? That kind of thing. Slow the process a little bit. He's had a rookie mini camp with no contact and seven on seven at this point. Let's so let's wait a ways. Let's see what what happens in training camp and and on down the line there. Yeah, yeah, that that one that he that you referenced that he made the the throw to the sideline, I, I kind of chuckled at that one too because he actually scrambled to his right to make that throw, and and I'm thinking, what are you scrambling from? <laughs> like Denard, you know, Denard mentioned that you know there's no pass rush, there's no anything to to me to me that's a you know that's sort of a moment of indecision there. He's he's he, even even without the offensive and defensive lines in front of him, he's looking. He the the picture is not clear to him, and, and he decides, oh, I gotta you, you know I'm just gonna move and do something and try and change the picture, which you know okay, but. uh but I, I, you know, from that perspective, I, I didn't think that play was was as big a moment for him as a, as a lot of other folks did because in in seven on seven, you you kind of want the guy to go through his reads quickly and, and make a decision and 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 move on with it, and that uh, that that didn't happen there. But uh, yeah, very, it, it's a very Brable-esque response of you, David, and I appreciate that. <laughs> and also, but, David, don't forget when you're when you're running those are scripted, so a lot of times the opposing coaches know what coverage you're in, so that's also not fair. Oh, so so it's so the the offense like the offensive coach yeah they even like said to him hey you're gonna see this coverage here cover to, where this so yeah man. yeah yeah so that's that's also not fair so it's like both both coaches get a script so they know what <laughs> what coverage is to run so it, again that's just not fair right now good good point uh, um, and we'll 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 finish up the discussion of the camp here with the uh, with third round pick Ty J Spears. We you know we discussed this recently that that re- reportedly the guy has no ACL after uh, after two surgeries, one in high school, one in college. Um, he he refused to confirm. He didn't confirm or deny it. I guess is is probably a better way to say it. Um, his his only response when asked about it on multiple occasions was quote unquote i'm healthy Should, you know is there is there a particular reason john that that you think he didn't want to talk about it is there is there anything to gain by not talking about it yeah i don't know that there is you know i i guess i can i understand from from his point of view maybe being frustrated at at hearing the question you know here's a guy who you know from all accounts, came from a, a tough uh, background, worked his way up, you know, worked his way through the, the ACL injuries and, and put up great numbers last year. So, you know, maybe on, on his first day up there with the media, maybe that's not what he's, he's wanting to hear necessarily. But it's not going to be the last time that that question gets asked. I'll, I'll say that for sure. Uh, and, and again, I as we referenced here, why not address it? You know, I mean... It's not uh, – I, I would be stunned if, if the team uh, did not know whether he has an ACL or not. I'm sure they did with all the medical 
uh, tune-ups and, and lead-ups they have to the NFL Combine. So it's not like it's a secret, I, I don't think, at, at this point from the team. And those are the only ones that matter. So I, I don't see how it hurts him, you know, to, to kind of clarify that report. And, and you know, in some respects, it, it really kind of boosts his character and, and kind of boosts what he has done uh, the last few years if indeed he doesn't have an ACL, and yet he is still getting it done on on the football field, putting up huge numbers and earning himself a third round pick, you know, in the, in that condition. So, you know, maybe maybe share a little bit, uh, Tajay. I, I don't think it's going to hurt you, and and I guarantee, or I almost guarantee, that the Titans certainly know one way or another. So, I don't think you're hurting yourself in in that regard. Denard, you play you played a position that you know. People love to talk about cornerbacks have to have a short memory. It, you know, you forget the, this play, move on to the next one. But you know, I, I'm of I'm of the belief that one of one of the skills every pro athlete possesses is a, a forward focus. And, and you know, the past is the past. Whatever happened there, do you, you think that's a big part of this with uh, with Ty J Spears that uh, he he just doesn't even want to think about whatever whatever injury history he has. He's He's all about what's in front of him right now. David, did we talk about this last week? We did. We did but... your, hold on, hold on. Now, I'm going to go. I'm about to get on both of y'all, <laughs> first of all. Now, I'm going to give you some names. Go back to the Super Bowl a couple years ago between the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and the uh, Los, An- I hate saying, Los Angeles Rams. Now, there was a player uh, on the Los Angeles Rams, one of the receivers that was just lightening up in the first couple quarters. Who was that? Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham. Like three initials. And then, no, he gets hurt. And so people were speculating it was an ACL, ACL injury. It was not an ACL injury. You know why, David? Maybe he doesn't, have an he doesn't have an ACL. <laughs> he does not have an ACL. And another thing, if I'm Tajay, I'm looking at David Beauclair and John Glennon, and I'm saying, who was the number one pick in the 83 draft? John Elway? And I would. John Elway, he does not have an ACL. Is that right? Matt Drummond, I'm going to give you another name. Yep, that is absolutely one true. One name for you. I'm going to give you, because this is what happens when you start uh, nitpicking on a guy. So in what, 1998, the Colts had a chance to pick a player. I'm not going to tell you who. They end up going with Jerome Payton, pretty good player. But then also Tampa ends up going in the first round. They take a player at the 34th pick, Jock has Green, out of Florida. So now it bumped this guy all the way to the third round, and the Steelers end up taking him in 1998. You know who I'm talking about? No. Heinz Ward. He didn't have an ACL in his left knee. That gummit, if I'm Tajay, I'm looking at both of y'all and saying, listen, if these players can do it, then I can do it as well. But I will say this. I will say this. Yes, you're you're absolutely right, Denard. Um, But as we know, these guys are all exceptions to the rule, I would think, too. And, And to me... The concern, I would say, is not maybe the early years, right, uh, as much as it is a little bit further down the line because you're more prone without any, uh, you know, cartilage. When you're having bone on bone like that, you're more prone to having arthritis, you know, and stuff that'll that'll slow you down. So, you know, maybe it's a, it's a future thing, two, three years, whatever. How many more carries does he have? But, yeah, bottom line, um, you know, right now, Based on the numbers that he put up last year, hey, those are those are great numbers. He's getting it done right now, so I'm looking forward to what he sees. Right. Uh, to, to what he brings that there. Carries last year over 1,500 yards rushing, 
You and John and David Beauclair, you should be ashamed of yourselves. This young man was probably the most explosive black, explosive playmaker coming out of this draft. He's a third-round pick. There's a reason why. And, hey, listen, Rand Carthorn said it best. He has the skill set, what, of a three-down runner. That tells you right now this young man can play. And and we shall uh, we, we shall you see. Help, <laughs> Did you have both ears? I hope so. Okay, it, it, all right. Oscar, I have no knee problems, but I don't have no knee <laughs> problems. But again, if this wasn't an issue for Willie Joe Namath, if this wasn't, if it's not an issue for OBJ, what? And I'm sure Tennessee they did their homework on this young man before they took a running back this high. Why not? Why not say? Why not? Uh, you know, say, "Yep, yeah, that, that's right. I have no no ACL." And it's you know, and it's still, not a big deal. Uh, look at my numbers. Yeah, look at my right, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, nineteen touchdowns for. But like, he but he didn't do that. That's the point. Like he didn't do it. Like he refused to even uh, uh, acknowledge it in any way. Because right. when you when you ask a young man questions like that, it almost becomes like you know what his his mindset is. Look at what. Look at the film. The film doesn't lie. We can take a player who has all of the physical attributes, he's healthy, and he has all of the skill set, and then he goes out on the field, and that doesn't translate to the field. This young man is a playmaker. When you look at Tajay, look at that film. The film doesn't lie, and he's very productive. I mean, just look at it. Very consistent. We might see him a lot on third down next year. Well, we will – we, we will see how the Titans use him and what he can do and, and everyone else on this team beginning uh, September 10th against the New Orleans Saints uh, in New Orleans, which is uh, which is the regular season opener. The uh, the 2023 schedule is out. We have just a couple minutes left here. Uh, John, one one thing that stood out to you from the uh, from the Titans schedule when as you've looked at it here the last few days. Um, you know, the, the, the home road thing is interesting to me. At, at one stretch, they play three straight road games, which, you know, doesn't necessarily sound that, that bad, but hasn't happened uh, since 2013 for the Titans. Uh, and it's at Pittsburgh, it's at Tampa, and your third road game in a row is at Jacksonville, which potentially could be the most meaningful. And in, in sort of a bigger picture in terms of road games, I noticed they went, they go from, uh, what is it here? Um, the long, long stretch from October 1st to November 25. They play one game at, at Nissan Stadium during that stretch. Yeah, they, 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 yeah they, they play. They play Cincinnati October 1st. They play Carolina at home on November 26th. Then in between, they go to Indianapolis, have their bye week. They have that three game road trip you're talking about. They do host Atlanta on. October 29th and then the uh the game against Baltimore which is technically a home game but that's uh that's in London England so basically you're talking uh you're talking one home game in a span of 7 weeks which will, yeah. which will be a which will be a grind for this team. Denard uh uh last word for you tonight uh, what what jumped out at you about this schedule? Easy the first game of the season that's the most important game. You know who I want to see? Derek Carr in a Saints uniform paired with Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, their rookie uh, stud, I mean, I'm sorry, their second-year receiver, not to mention Michael Thomas will be back from injury, so Tennessee will be tested early down in New Orleans. There you have it. Don't overlook the Saints in week one, Don't people. Don't overlook the Saints, baby. Who but, look, 
but uh but look forward to uh another episode of believe in titans we uh we will come back soon to uh to discuss more developments and uh and all things involving this team until then denard walker thank you sir thank you john glennon thank you sir all right thanks enjoy it guys and i am david beauclair thank you all again for listening to believe in titans For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 